Okay, it's time for that public service announcement that this podcast, in fact, this multi-award winning podcast contains some pretty frank talk on the subject of sex and dating and all kinds of other things that might be a little bit rude. And sometimes we do use, and I'm sorry about this, but we do use some naughty words. So this podcast, just so you know, might not be suitable for everyone. I often wonder how many people actually stop listening when they've heard that disclaimer or whether it makes people think, oh, I must carry on listening if they're going to talk about sex. I hope that's what happens. Anyway, here we go again. Another episode of Accidentally MILF Online Dating Adventures After 50 with me, Angel Bliss, and my very special guest, Johnny Tooties. Welcome to all you lovely accidentally mill family members, the AmFam gang. Also in the studio, as usual, we have the wonderfully long-locked Richard. Yay! And we also have the fabulous Freddie. That's a big cheer. <laughs> so this podcast is all about my online dating adventures as a 50-something-year-old woman doing the dating sites in Los Angeles as a British woman. This all came about because when I started matching with people, I was matching with people that I liked the look of. And for some strange reason, they all happened to be a good 20 years younger than me, or the vast majority happened to be a good 20 years younger than me. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to give this up because I can't get an age-appropriate match, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to meet one or two of these guys and see what happens and investigate and meet some of the characters um, that you find as an online dating person who's over 50 in Los Angeles. Oh my goodness, some of the stories are just incredible and it made me do it more and more and more. So I've got loads of brilliant stories and the one that we're going to talk about tonight is probably... It's probably the most extreme story in terms of it being cautionary and like, don't do what I did because I did put myself in a quite a dangerous situation with quite a dangerous person, I guess. Um, so I hope once more that this, it will be inspirational, I hope, but also hugely cautionary. And it's actually also probably the most dramatic story and made even better because Johnny actually met this guy and caused a huge amount of jealousy and drama. Johnny also later on in the episode will be talking about his cuckold dating experiences. Um, if you're not sure about what that means, like I wasn't, keep listening. And here's a little sneaky peek at what's coming. Just at that moment, he came out of the hotel towards the car, saw Johnny and his face was like thunder. Johnny got out of the car, like, squared up to him. I was wincing. No, you were mad. I remember you were really mad. Because I knew you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't yeah. be fucking with someone like that. No, I know. How do you feel seeing another man with an erect penis? Does it's that, not that. I, I that was a male dancer. Do you know how many dicks I saw? Like, oh, because yeah. we'd well, go in the back out. room. We'd all change in the back room, and then we'd, like, turn our backs and fluff to porn on our phones. The danger of the, the situation that I was in, it kind of began to dawn on me. You know when you get that feeling, that like sick feeling in the pit of your stomach when you know that something bad is going on 
and you've been an idiot. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I felt. Ooh, there's some drama coming, so keep listening. Um, but before we get into my story, um, I just want to say thank you to Ronnie from Illinois who sent in a question that I'm going to answer. He wants to know, how does he, as a 33-year-old guy, get a date with a hot older woman? Pretty easy. I mean, you know what, Ronnie? The key is you've just got to make the most of yourself. Your profile has to be attractive. So look at the photographs that you're posting. It never ceases to amaze me how many men don't smile in any of their pictures. So look miserable or mean or just not very appealing. So smile in your photographs. Look like you're fun. Look like you're a good company kind of guy to be with. Pay attention to the clothes that you're wearing in your profile picture. Don't be wearing scruffy clothes. Don't be wearing dirty clothes. Wear clothes that say that you're a smart guy. I'm not saying wear a three-piece suit and a tie, but look cool, look interesting. Look at your hair. Is your hair a mess? Are you bald? Do you need to, like, do something with your hair to make yourself look more appealing? Don't be one of those guys that has just hair at the side and a comb over. If you're bald, and honestly, bald can be extremely sexy, shave it off if you've got a bald patch or have it really short cropped. Make yourself look cool with your hair. Let your pictures show that you're an interesting person. Have yourself doing stuff, be doing different activities, being at different places like you get around a little bit. Ideally, display the fact that you've got a sense of humour, maybe in your little profile write-up. Like, we don't want to go out with somebody who's not funny. And also, really important, is demonstrate some kind of sense of integrity and intelligence. And again, that all comes down to what you write in your profile words. So don't just be, I like yoga and going on the beach, or looking for a nice woman to be your girlfriend. Like, don't be, don't be monosyllabic. Put a bit of thought into it and demonstrate the fact that you're a good-looking guy who's made the most of himself, you present well, and the interesting, intelligent, and have a sense of humour and a sense of integrity. Let us know, Ronnie, how you get on with my, with this advice. If you want to send your profile to me to give you a bit of feedback, I'm more than happy to give that to you. Anyway, not only that, but we're going to be sending you a special gift for sending us a question that got read out on the podcast. So look out for the mail in the next few days and we'll get a little gift from us. Thanks, Ronnie. Good luck with all that. And please keep us updated as to how you get on. I want to hear about a really successful date that you had with a hot older woman. So I look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay, I've been really looking forward to talking about this date because, as luck would have it, um, Johnny came to visit during this time. So you actually met this guy and you were very instrumental. Mm. In fact, this probably was one of the things that really cemented our friendship. This is when I really knew that, like, you were my go-to for like, shit, what we're going to do here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so background is um, I matched with this guy, completely inappropriate, uh, on Bumble, in fact, which at that point I, I thought Bumble had a slightly better class of men, but I was totally wrong. All the same shit. Everyone, everyone's on all the apps. Absolutely. He was about 16 years younger than me, and he was a rapper from Brooklyn. 
He'd moved here from Armenia, apparently, with his parents when he was eight. He'd once had a career of some sort, but now he was on his arse and had to pay to be on the bill alongside decent artists. He also said he managed a group of dancers who danced with some of the bigger rappers. And in the photo he showed me of them, they wore hardly any clothes. And to be honest, they looked more like strippers than dancers. Anyway, he had grey spiky hair, which was really pointy and like, you know, quaffed. Like he really cared about his hair. And he had silver teeth and was covered in tattoos, even all over his neck. He was dripping in jewellery. And he liked to wear sports shirts, which I thought was a bit weird, and big block trainers with gold toe caps. <laughs> so he looked quite, quite extraordinary. Um, I did my homework on him, looked him up and found that he'd had one semi-hit record about 20 years ago that was one of those cheesy anthem-type songs. Think like Vanilla Ice or Millie Vanilli and you'll get the picture. But another really weird thing was that he, he was an identical twin and his twin brother was a banker and they could not have looked more different. His profile was full of pictures. He even had a photo where he had a wadge of fake money that he was he was like shaking, which was is he not pretending to talk on it because that's what they do. They pretend to talk on it like it's oh, a cell phone. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, all that all that stupid shit he was doing. Um, but I thought, oh, this would be a good a good date to talk about in the podcast. And I remember you were coming to visit because you were out. You were living away at the time, mm -hmm. and I remember you were going to come and visit for a few days. And I remember telling you that I'd met this guy and I remember you saying to me be careful that dick just get him out like he doesn't sound cool I was like no no it's fine it's fine anyway so um he claimed when I matched with him that he lived in the same town as me like literally down the street and claimed he had an apartment um, it turned out that he'd sublet an apartment for a month from somebody and he was on tour. He claimed to be on tour with a big rapper and he was on tour with a big rapper, but it was a support act who'd paid to join the tour with his scantily clad girl dancers. And there was a bit of a gap in the tour, so he flew back um, to, meet, to meet me. And I remember I, on the way to the airport, I remember uh, recording myself on my phone knowing that this was going to be probably a massive dating disaster um, so this is what I recorded days, it's all gone. Hello, it's me again <laughs> Why do I always start these talks off by giggling? I don't know, it's just because I'm like a bit excited I guess So, I'm extremely What's the word? Nervous slash trepidatious. I don't think that's a real word, but I like to use it sometimes. Um, I'm a bit on edge about this one. Um, I'm actually... I'm on the way to the airport to pick him up. Um, I'm a bit embarrassed, actually, to tell you all the details, because... Yeah, everyone's not up in arms, but everyone's like, oh my God, here she goes again. This one is not a casual thing. It's been made very clear from the outset that, or he's made very clear, he's looking for a wife, a companion, a partner, commitment. Okay, sorry to interject there. 
red flag alert. Come on, we all know by now that anyone that says before they've even met you that they're looking for a wife, a partner and commitment from you. Red flag, red flag, red flag. I was a bit green at this point and didn't see that that is the way that the narcissists hook you in. They're the words that they use to make you think that they're different and they're looking for a serious relationship. Red flag, red flag, red flag, sorry. Sorry to interrupt, we'll go back to the recording. Which is the reason, I I honestly think, it's the reason that I've been drawn in. I don't need any more casual affiliations with anyone. (sighs) There's something about this guy that really captured my imagination. He said a lot of things that I admired and he's got he has more drive in him than anyone I've ever come across in my life which I find really attractive however I have loads of not red flags but pink flags no girl they're red not pink um I think that perhaps he's narcissistic you don't say perhaps he's too ego driven perhaps it's all about what I can do for him rather than what we can do for each other I don't know I was really excited this has been going we've been talking for a month so this is huge for me I was really excited and had really high hopes but now I'm thinking well I'm not expecting it to be the dream thing that I was hoping for anymore I think he's just struggling with his career um, and his direction and he said he was in a bad mood and I just think well don't be in a bad mood when you're meeting me it's like you should be in a really good mood if you think you're going to meet the love of your life in a couple of hours the really brilliant thing about this though is I told my ex-husband um that I needed him to take the kids and he cottoned on straight away that obviously I have a date coming over and he was really sweet about it and really encouraging and it was actually really nice that I'm really kind of touched that he's supportive of me and he even gave me fashion advice and told me I wouldn't couldn't possibly wear a pair of trainers that were on the shelf because they just weren't cool enough and if the guy's a rapper then I've got to look really cool which was really nice so for that alone <laughs> it's been worth it so far anyway obviously I'm hoping that he's going to be the love of my life and probably it's not going to be just because the odds are oh he's got tattoos on his neck <laughs> um and it's not even a physical thing with me I don't it's not like he's absolutely dropped dead gorgeous or anything he's good looking um but it was more about what what he stands for what he said what he does and what he said he was looking for that attracted me um I don't know. He's staying tonight at my house. you got to be kidding me. Oh, my goodness, girl. You've got so much to learn. Ever just wanted to go back in time and take yourself by the scruff of the neck? Yeah. Um, I don't even... Like, I'm not expecting any funny business to be going on either, really. I don't feel that's really on the agenda. I don't know. I'm all confused, actually. Um, but anyway, I will absolutely report back to you (laughs) okay find out what happens next after this very quick break with some messages from our sponsors isn't it great when you get together with friends and family that you haven't seen for a long time well i know the perfect spot if you're looking for somewhere to gather with your friends or family to celebrate a birthday or an anniversary 
or just getting together for the sake of it. It's a beautiful chateau in rural France. It's got an outdoor heated pool and five acres of grounds to get lost in. It's on the edge of a pretty little village and just 15 minutes from the coast. It sleeps up to 26 people. It has 11 bedrooms, nine bathrooms, five living rooms, three kitchens, five acres of grounds and that beautiful heated pool. It's two and a half hours to London or two and a half hours to Paris on the edge of a forest in the pretty rural village of Groncourt in Normandy. Weekends start from as little as £40 per person per night. Find out more details at francechateauforrent.com. That's francechateauforrent.com for your next big family and friends gathering. Au revoir, mes amis! We would love you to join our Accidentally Mill family, the AmFams. Please visit our website at accidentallymilf.com where you're going to find links to all of our socials as well as some hints and tips and even a shop where you can bag some goodies as well as lots of other information. Let's build a fun and supportive community of AmFams on Facebook and at accidentallymilf.com. Okay, so then I went to the airport, picked him up, and he looked exactly like he did on the on the photographs, including his neck tattoos and covered in jewellery and and like gangstery type clothes. Um, and he, I don't know why I'd agreed to do this, but I'd said he could stay at my house for a couple of days. I, I don't know why you agreed to that either. I know, like I don't, I I really don't know what was going on in my head, what, what my thought process was, but I remember message and like from minute one there was no chemistry at all there was no romantic attachment i was just kind of fascinated by the character and i just kind of wanted to learn a bit more about how what makes these people tick i think i don't know but there was no romance there was no even he didn't even try to like make a move on me or anything um but he treated me like i was his girlfriend without having any of the advantages of being a girlfriend not that i wanted them anyway but i was just kind of i don't know i don't know what i was doing really but he wasn't very pleasant he he was well no he was jekyll and hyde he had a real sweet side to him that came out sometimes and i think that's what kept me thinking that he was okay and then he he had to drive up to do some gig up north and i'd bought your car off you yeah that and it was sitting in the truck you got it you got it <laughs> i got good it was a good deal working good yeah um uh, but the boys weren't my, my kids weren't able to drive at that point and so the car was just sitting in my driveway so i was like oh you can borrow that car if you like mm, stupid like i lent a car to this mm-hmm. young rapper who borrowed it and came back and the car was all like damaged and he'd uh hadn't i'd ch- changed the oil and it came back it had no oil in it it was full of shit remember i was crapping it everywhere tons of shit in gatorade and i don't know how many people he'd been transporting in it anyway i was just grateful to get the car back when he came back i remember telling you about him before you well, came and you were like oh get also, that guy out well, of there when i drove you? when i drove yeah well because i don't know how fucking guys are and i hmm.
also when I was driving the car that you'd let him drive up to Seattle or whatever. I know, whatever it was. Like he left it a fucking mess, and which he, to me he, was disrespectful. He, dam- he damaged it and didn't yeah. repair it. Yeah, he, that was that's what I knew when I saw all the shit he left in there and the way he Yeah. That's that said so much to me about who he was and yeah. like you know, and I wasn't trying to blow up your situation. I found myself the whole time I was with him, like walking on eggshells. I was afraid to upset him because I could see there was like a nasty side. Mm-hmm. Why I allowed this person into my house is like I still don't understand why I did that. Anyway, after a couple of days, it kind of got thin him being around in the house, and then I had the perfect excuse to get rid of him because you were coming, weren't you? Mm-hmm. So uh, he said he'd go and stay with a friend, which I was actually really grateful for. And you were sleeping on the sofa, mm-hmm. and he knew, and it was like a worky thing that you'd come for, and he knew that you were my friend and you were sleeping on the sofa and we were doing this work together. And he texted me one day and said, oh, I want to call over with my friend. I want my friend to meet you. I was like, oh, okay. And you were there on the sofa watching TV in a pair of shorts. But it was like the height of summer. It was, it was completely appropriate yeah, for you to only be, only be wearing a pair of shorts. And he knew that you were my friend. And he came in and I think he said hi. And we went out on the deck, spoke for an hour or so. And then he left. And then I got this barrage of texts saying that I disrespected him and he'd never been so insulted in the whole of his life. Um, and he basically threw his toys out of the pram. But it was weird because he kept messaging me every day saying he really wanted to see me, but like never behaved in any kind of a romantic way whatsoever. And with hindsight now, obviously he just was looking to exploit me however he could. I realised that this was not a good situation to be in when he said to me one day, oh, I need to take my friend uh, on an errand. Um, And for some reason he wanted me to go too and drive, like in my nice car. Mm. And I don't, yeah, like I was like, oh, okay, right, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. And I had to go with it. He was in the passenger seat. I was in the driver's seat. And then, just before we got to his friend's house, he, oh, I can't believe I'm telling you this. He, he said this friend was one of his dancers and that we'd be dropping her off at a hotel. Then his face changed. And he said that he didn't actually manage dancers. He actually managed a group of hookers. The guy was a pimp (laughs) i was so shocked so inadvertently he kind of roped me into this kind of prostitution ring the gray spiky haired so-called rapper was taking his hooker to meet one of her clients at this hotel you were taking well i was yeah Yeah. inadvertently the danger of the the situation that i was in it kind of began to dawn on me. You know when you get that feeling, that like sick feeling in the pit of your stomach when you know that something bad is going on and you've been an idiot? (laughs) Well, that's exactly how I felt. I just felt really, really foolish. And like this guy had totally and utterly used me and played me. He got himself free accommodation for a couple of nights. He got the use of a car to drive hundreds of miles to a to a gig. And now he was having me ferrying around his prostitutes. So I was like, don't know what to do. I'm feeling a bit vulnerable here. This is a bit of a bad situation. So the first thing I did as soon as I got a moment on my own when he got out of the car to pick up the girl 
was texted Johnny and told him what was going on. I remember texting you and saying, I think I'm doing a hole drop. <laughs> I think I'm doing... And you were like, get the hell out of that car right now. I'm coming to get you. Do you remember? It was your car, so we could link it yeah. to you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, very... So my knight in shining yeah. armor drove out. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Drove out probably midnight. He got out of bed. I was masturbating. And... <laughs> Luckily, I knew where we were headed. So bless him. You were so sweet. He just jumped in an Uber to go and meet me because I think you were more scared for me than I was. So we got to the hotel and I was just absolutely hoping and praying that Johnny was going to arrive in time before it was time for us to leave. Luckily, he had a lot of trouble checking her into the hotel. So he kept coming to the car back and forth and he was like puffing, huffing and puffing and really kind of in a bad mood and, and really grumpy. And I just kept saying, come on, Johnny, hurry up, Johnny. Where, come on, Johnny, where are you? Johnny, where are you? And went back into, he went back into the hotel for about the fifth time and Johnny's Uber pulled up. I have never been so relieved to see anybody in the whole of my life, I think. So Johnny came over to the car, jumped in the passenger seat. Just at that moment, he came out of the hotel towards the car, saw Johnny and his face was like thunder. Johnny got out of the car, like squared up to him. I was wincing and he said, dude, you're on your own now. I'm taking her home. And the rapper guy had the audacity to say to Johnny, Ah, I'm not interested in her anyway. She's no use. She's no use. Like, really? And he said, and I knew there was something going on between you two ever since I saw you swanning around in your shorts on her sofa. I knew she was lying to me. Then he said to Johnny, yeah, yeah, you can have her. Like, as though I was his possession. You can have her. He said, but you'll be taking me to downtown LA first. Like, ordering us to give him a ride to downtown LA. So Johnny got in the car and I drove off, leaving him behind with smoke coming out of his ears, looking extremely disrespected. We had a really good laugh about it on the way home, but actually it wasn't really funny, was it? I couldn't believe it when the next day I got a text from him saying he'd never felt as disrespected in his life and I was dead to him. I was actually really quite pleased about that. You went on a hoe drop and he still felt disrespected like that. <laughs> he was disrespected by me because I had a friend who would bother to pick me up. So that was the end of that non-romantic. I wasn't even in a romantic relationship with him either. It was so really weird and probably bizarre. saw you as a source of uh financial relief yeah well, see he saw you he, as someone where he could stay he could yeah. get shit from you yeah. so you were a resource for him yeah yeah i'm glad you escaped unscathed <laughs> no you were mad i remember you were really mad because i knew you shouldn't be you yeah. shouldn't be fucking with someone like that no i know i know at least there wasn't any of that though i, I kind of at least I'm glad that there wasn't any, like, romantic type No snogging. Nothing, no. No, it would have been, no. There was actually something very sexy, Johnny, about you being mad like that.
I mean, it was quite a sexy move. You coming down and squaring up to him. It almost made the whole experience quite worthwhile. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself in a personally dangerous situation? There was a time I, I met a girl, pretty Asian girl, off of uh, this was back when Craigslist was still a thing, and Craigslist was a very effective tool for meeting people in Los Angeles. And I was living in Hollywood, and she had great pictures, and she was living in East Hollywood. And we exchanged a few texts, but we didn't hop on the phone. And she sent me her address to come see her, and it was in a really kind of shitty part, like Vermont and or Western something in Hollywood, East Hollywood, just north of Koreatown. I go over see her and it's just a seedy street it's dark bad buildings and i'm just creeping down the street and i see the building you know the address she gave me and there are like a couple of guys standing out in front and they look kind of not like the friendliest characters and so i just kind of keep driving and i'm looking for parking still i find a spot you know just the like a half block down and i text her i'm like i'm here she's like all right come up and then i see the guys kind of like they look down at their phone and then they start like looking around and that's when i start getting the idea that like this might be a fucking shakedown situation or something and so i tried calling And it went like to right to the red. And I text her again. And I was like, well, why don't you come out and, and get me, you know? At this point, I'm trying to salvage the drive. And I'm still trying to get laid because I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> One dimensional male creature. And um, she doesn't call me back. She's like, no, I'm in my apartment. Just come up. I said, well, open your door. Like, step out at least and say hi no answer and so i start i see the guys like they're looking at my car and they start like approaching my car mm -mm. i got the fuck out of there I, right then it's like i wasn't gonna wait around anymore and when something feels wrong and something feels off it typically is yeah so it's not worth the risk is it well, I mean, sometimes it's worth the risk. I mean, there have been some situations where I walk into and I'm like, well, this could be dangerous or it could be fun. And it's usually pretty fun. And like, because I have a wild imagination, it's like, I'll get ahead of myself. Like I was back in the DC area last year. I went to go see this couple and because the guy was like a cuckold and he wanted me to fuck his girlfriend and like I, I let my imagination get the best of me so i gave a friend my info and went and kind of like sniffed it out and they were legitimate but it's yeah. usually you have to like at least listen to to the spidey sense coming up shortly johnny's going to be telling us all about his cuckolding experiences after these few short messages from our sponsors we'll be right back don't go away 
I just want to tell you about three other podcasts that are from the same company that makes this one that you may well be interested in. The first one is for true crime fans everywhere. It's called Framed for Murder, the case of Matthew Turner and tells the harrowing story of a guy who's now 32 years old and he's served the last 14 years in prison for a murder that all the evidence suggests that he did not commit. And the podcast follows his legal team as they fight for his exoneration in real time. It's a story filled with twists and turns and it's a must watch for true crime podcast fans everywhere. And another one we recommend you check out is called Soul Bear Sessions Where Mama At, which is the incredible true life story of Terence Holloway. He spent his childhood on the run from a drug gang with his mum. He ended up becoming a rap star and then many years later discovered that his mother was homeless on the streets of Los Angeles. So he made himself homeless in a bid to try and find her. Really incredible story. Definitely recommend you check that one out. And finally, for music lovers everywhere, we have an incredible project from the bass player of Manchester Legends Happy Mondays, Paul Ryder, who sadly passed away in July of 2022. We have his project called The Paul Ryder Tapes. In the months leading up to his death, he sat down with his ex-wife and told his complete life story. Not just the rock and roll antics of being on the road and meeting celebrities and the thrills and spills of being a rock and roll star, but also he talks about his struggles with drug addiction, mental breakdowns, infidelities and being really at rock bottom at certain times in his life. Please check that one out. It's absolutely explosive. Tell me about the whole, like, I can't get my head around the whole, like, doing it with somebody while somebody else watches. Like, I... It's weird. It's weird. I've never done a threesome. I've got a little bit of exhibitionist in me, so it can be fun, but, um... It's ideally it'd just be me and another woman and not her male partner there in mm. any capacity. But you will do that if people ask. If you I to. really want to fuck her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, I've had a few experiences in Vegas because um, a lot of tourists will come in from wherever, and it's it's their opportunity for their Vegas moment. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and so it, it's a lot of like married couples will come in. It's like, oh, I want to watch my wife get fucked, or my wife wants the threesome with another guy and it's uh i met a couple recently at the vidara i'd link up with the couple who they're just nice normal people from new jersey it was an asian woman and her husband and we go up to the room and we talk for like half an hour and then we get down to business what do you talk about just normal stuff normal conversation because when you talk you want it's intended to kind of ease the the dynamic and, and lubricate like words in that situation it's lubrication because it's awkward no matter what like people everyone's a porn star on text and everyone when they're messaging on these apps it's like oh yeah fuck do all this shit and then you meet up in person and suddenly everyone's shy and do you get shy I get nerves sometimes. I mean, it's I've have experience doing that stuff, but I I do respect the situation, and it's not easy going from talking to someone online to meeting up with them and their partner, and jumping right into fucking sex. Like it's even on porn sets, like performers, you know, there's 
a period where you kind of get comfortable. So the conversation was fairly pedestrian. It's all, oh, what do you do? Yeah, I'm from back east also, you know, weather shit, you know, how, how are you like in Vegas? You know, kind of just break the ice, lighten the mood, and then you... There's no easy way to transition into a threesome with how strangers. How transition? Like, literally, how... It's usually it? like a pause. It's like, oh, well, should we get started? It's like, all right, and then kind of just go into it. It's not, it's never really that seamless. I like having another guy there. It's, it gets clunky. He's comfortable with the woman usually. I don't know the woman. I don't know him. So, I mean, it takes a little, a little while for me to transition into that zone where like, all right, um, I'm ready to fuck or whatever. But the husbands tend to get very vocal too. Cause for them, they played this fantasy out at home or in private. So they've, they're fulfilling a fantasy for the most part or, or something that they're into. And for me, I'm pretty much just an apparatus, yeah. a piece of equipment that's been rented out and called in. So the husbands get rented out, except you don't get paid. Yeah, I don't get paid. <laughs> and a lot of them want to film. It's like the, what I get, I get to fuck the wife, you know, which is fine. If, if they I, want to film you though, do you charge them to do that? No, everyone says I should, but it's no one's going to fucking pay to film. And I just say, don't get my face in it. If some man pays you $250 for a picture. Yeah, I know. It's different. Cute. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> Gay men on social media who want pictures of your bowel movements are, are much more loose with their money than married couple who are in town for a weekend who want a guy. Because they feel like they're doing you a favor. And I've gotten into arguments on these apps where you're like, well, man, you know, it's my, she's hot. She can fuck anyone she wants. I'm like, you know what? I can fuck other people don't come at me with that mm. go find another guy because you're gonna get a lot of flakes mm -hmm. you're gonna get a lot of guys with their dicks in their hands on these apps who just want to fucking talk and then jack off and then they have no intention of coming to meet you or whoever i'll follow through and meet someone but what annoys me is when the husbands get very vocal and like i'll try to be like enjoy like what's going on with their wife and they're like yeah she's like she's a slut bro doesn't she suck the greatest cut? i'm like just shut the fuck up dude let me you tell him that <laughs> no i don't but in my mind like god the fucking husband's talking again he's running his fucking mouth again and it gets uh it gets a bit distracting yeah can imagine and it does tap into like a certain primal side of me and a, a certain like douchebag arrogant fucking like yeah guys watch me fuck his wife like it's kind of cool <laughs> And I think a lot of that is rooted in the fact that I was a late bloomer in high school. I was very uh, dorky. I was the last one to hit puberty, and I, I worked at Blockbuster and everything. So I feel like maybe on a subconscious level, I feel like I have to overcompensate by being like a super stud in certain moments or falling through with certain things. Like, I can acknowledge that. But I mean, it was fun. I fucked his wife, and he fucked her, and there's no guy-guy stuff. I don't go in and do guy-guy shit. Um, but... It's very respectful, and I finished and how do you showered, feel, and then I left. How do you feel seeing another man with an erect penis? Does it's that, not that. I, I that was a male dancer. Do you know how many dicks I saw? Like, oh, because yeah. we'd well, go in the out. back room. We'd all change in the back room, and then we'd like turn our backs and fluff to porn on our phones. So, honestly, without that experience of dancing, I don't know if I'd be able to do like an MFM situation. But to me, it's very. Like whatever it's just some dude's dick you know it's like i don't have to touch it i'm not looking at it i'm here for the fucking girl but if he's getting off on you does that not believe? a lot of them do that a lot of them like the watching 
their wife or, or wife or girlfriend with someone else. Right, but part of that is like them watching you as a gay, as sort of like from a a gay perspective, maybe. It's more, it's so. more submissive, maybe not gay, yeah. but like in the sense that they are. It's like watching your wife in a porno, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, I was with a couple back east where the guy said it would be an MFM, and then he kind of disengaged and he put on cuckold porn on his laptop on the bed and was watching it and like jerking off to that while he was watching me fuck his girlfriend what? and then cuckold porn how do, what how does it's that like, like a white guy with a small dick is like watching oh, his wife okay. get fucked right. you know and right. okay and then like when i finished i, I shot on her and he instantly like something flipped off and him was like okay you can leave us alone now like he was like mesmerized by the sight of my fucking semen on her and like i don't know if like it oh, did something to titillate him so i wasn't shouting i got the fuck out of there but i don't know if, i didn't want to know what he was doing with my how did you her. feel afterwards it's fine i, I fucked your girlfriend it's fine <laughs> i'm fine with it i'll go home and go to bed eat some tuna eat some tuna play a video game or something watch espn yeah. Okay, we're almost at the end of the episode, but let's just have a recap of three top tips that we've learned today. Number one, red flags. Don't whitewash them like I did. Your gut is there for a reason. Listen to it and honour it. Give people who exhibit red flags a giant swerve. Number two, always have a friend on standby who knows where you are when you're on a date. Share your location with them. Look what happened with me and Johnny. That was so useful. And tip number three. We've had this one before, but I think it's really worth repeating. If the person that you're dating is profiting from you and using your resources, using your money, using your house, using your car without giving anything back, run, 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 rabbit, run. Make that a deal breaker. that's all we've got time for in this episode but please join us for the next one i'm trying to think what the story is in the next episode oh yeah oh oh no it's one of those stories that just honestly it makes me cringe to just think about it right now literally my flesh is creeping i don't want to give it away just listen to it it's funny and Johnny's going to be telling us a hilarious story about a very unwanted middle-of-the-night guest he had who got very angry with him because he ate some tuna. It's complicated. Just have a listen. Here's a sneak peek. Like, something goes off in her, and she flips out. She's like, oh, my God, how could you disrespect me like that? You're eating tuna before before me? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I took a look over my shoulder, and this hobbit <laughs> was, like, coming around the corner with this massive grin on his face, and he had a big mouth of brown teeth which is the first thing that I noticed and this big mop of curly black hair didn't exist anymore and he had about five strands dyed black combed over this dome shaped head 
Okay, so we're almost out of time. I just need to say thank you so much to each and every one of you, all of our AmFam gang. Oh my goodness, we could not do this without you listening. We appreciate you more than you know. Please carry on sending in messages and those voice notes with your dating stories. We absolutely love them. You know where to go. Go to the website, review the podcast, please, and subscribe to it so that you don't miss anything. And please follow us on social media all the social links are on the website there the web address is accidentallymilf.com please if you're a bit lonely be inspired to do some dating in spite of the horror stories that i keep telling you there really are some good people out there if you follow a few rules learn from the mistakes i made and take on board the hints and tips that you're getting from this series just want to say a very special thanks to my amazing crew as usual there's freddie there's Richard and of course the amazing Johnny Two T's. So please stay safe, everybody, especially those of you that are online dating. Lots and lots of love to you all. Good night. This podcast was brought to you by the Fab Team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Tetro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two T's. Glistening Productions. <laughs> I just wish men had washed the willies before presenting their penises for attention.